Lord talking about this ministry. So, you know, it's, 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 I'm just sharing with you. How I many of you know it's a lot of rhetoric out here? Um, it's a lot of hatred going on right now. Um, it's a lot of attacking each other. Just, and you know, like I joked with my wife uh, yesterday, I said, oh, now everybody is an expert on Russia. <laughs> just, it's just amazing to me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Just, just everybody expert on Russia now. You can't even run your household, but you understand what Trump and Putin are talking about in the direction that they're going? Oh, please. So it's just really, really sad, really, really sad. And so, um, and so uh, don't ask me because I won't tell you. Um, I almost got pulled into something and it, it could have turned disastrous. And so, uh, so just the Holy Spirit just really just, he, it wasn't a rebuke, it was just him saying, I need you to focus on Jesus. That's what I need you to focus on. Jesus, keep your congregation in the love of God. Keep your congregation not walking in judgment and all of this foolishness that you see going on here. This is a huge trick of the devil trying to stop something and most people are falling for the trick. And it's got everybody all focused. Y'all, revival can never come when the church is fighting against each other. It, it just not, the revival can't come when the church is fighting against the sinners. Now, every once in a while, we got to slam them every once in a while. You have to put them in check. But, you know, the goodness of God leads men to repent. And you got unbelievers watching the church just attacking one another, just attacking one another. And like, and why should we come into the kingdom for this? And so I don't want to be that church. Worse, I don't want to stand before the Lord. And y'all, so, so I'm just encouraging you that, um, um, you know, don't, uh, don't fall prey. There are going to be people who attack me in private. There are going to be people who attack me publicly, and it will be okay. Um, in most cases, I will not respond. Um, I will not respond because that's low-level stuff to me. Jesus, Jesus Christ told Kenneth Hagin, he said, when it comes to your ministry, he said, don't respond to the people that are attacking you. They are irrelevant. And so, uh, how many of you know, it don't, the Bible says that you can do nothing against the truth, only for it. So you don't have to defend the truth. Just keep walking in it. Let me tell you something. When someone attacks you, whether it is private or is it in public, how many of you know there's a natural reaction where you want to attack back? So you can get that pleasurable feeling that comes from, see, I got you back. When you do that, the Holy Spirit goes AWOL on you. If you walk in love towards the people that attacked you, then the Holy Spirit activates and he begins to attack them through conviction because you're walking in love. Judgment is mine, says the Lord, let me repay. Because you don't know how to repay correctly. If I do it, I know how to do it in such a way where the person will be convicted and possibly change their ways. If you repay, they won't be convicted. They might be convicted and condemned and they will attack back and you'll never, never be able to accomplish anything. Okay, so that is a responsibility of a leader. Whenever someone comes after me, um, um, I try to I, I, I try to see it's a it's a thread, you know, uh, uh, he attacks her and she passes it on to him. Then he passes it on to them. Then they pass it on to her. And this thing just keeps on going. That's how gossip is. The Bible talks about it's like starting a fire. And so, but you, and so what it does is that every time it's passed from person to person, it's damaging them. So what you have to do is you have to let it stop at you and you don't pass it on. Now the problem is when it stops at you, it begins to damage you. And it begins to burn you. How many of you had something and you wanted to clap back? And, and, you, and you didn't and it felt like, remember what John, uh, the prophet said? It was like fire shut up in my bones, but it wasn't the gospel. 
I mean, that thing will just keep burning you and the Satan will be working on you, working on you, working on you, working on you. And you got to hold your ground. How many know we didn't always make it? <laughs> but we got to get better at that. Because what the Lord is trying to take all of us as a ministry, um, we can't afford to do stuff like that. Because when you do stuff like that, the whole God, see, let me tell you something about power. The, the, the greater the degree of the power, the, the deeper level of the humility. The greater level of the power, the more you got to shut your mouth. The greater level of the power, the more you got to walk in love when they're throwing all type of errors of you. If you want to be blessed with power. Right now, there's a lot of talking. There's not a lot of power. And it's because, you know, you talking does not produce power. You know, I almost said something. Okay. So um, I have to be very careful because I have quite a few people that are listening, waiting to attack me. How you know? And it won't stop nothing either. So you have to ignore them. You know, you have to ignore them. You know, I've watched for years how, how uh, media, other Christians. I remember my uh, Bishop Oedipo talked about a man that attacked him viciously on the radio every week for years. Every week, every week. Just attacking him viciously every week, every week. And he said that um, he got on the airplane with his wife. He said, and when his wife saw the guy that always attacks him on the airplane, she just stared at her husband. What is he going to do? And so Bishop Oedipo walked right up to the man. Hey, God bless you, sir. Glad to see you. Bless you. You know, I hear you're doing a good job and everything. You know, you, know, you, 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 act, like, you act like you're the best friend. And uh, because that's what we'll call, and, and then after that, the attacks never continued. They stopped. So, you know, but I mean, no, that's, uh, that's easier said than done. And there are times when you have to let people have it because that's what Jesus did. When Jesus let them have it, it was almost like he had been holding it in from since 12. I mean, a whole chapter is dedicated to Jesus. The Bible says that the wrath of God is being stored up. So even God is not clapping back. He's just waiting. Problem is, when the wait is over, you better move out the way. And if you do, you're still going to get hit. Okay, so I'm, I'm just encouraging you all um, because it's, it's about to get crazier. Um, it's about to get so crazy. Um, mark my words. You are going to see people drop dead over this Trump issue, and they won't be sinners. Mark my words. You know, I don't play when it comes to stuff. My words don't drop to the ground when I say stuff. Okay. So I'm telling you, mark my words because it is just really, and, and, and I'm just going to do a message on Trump and then I may never, ever talk about politics again, hopefully. But I am, I am so, I'm so, um, it is, all, it is, uh, I can't explain um, the, uh, what it has done to me physically to see the lack of judgment that many leaders have and how um, we think we are so qualified to know everything, to, to judge things that we know nothing about, to, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like years ago, some of you, I still slip up every once in a while and do this. Some in the beginning, when I first opened up this church, I'm gonna put this on my social media as a picture. When I first opened up this church, there was some anger that I had because of what other men of God had done to me. Some of you weren't here to really experience that. It was fire coming out of my mouth every single week. It was just wah, 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 wah. Okay? And, and I would say stuff like, all these preachers, nobody is out here. I would say stuff like that out of anger. 
And so I still slip up every once in a while when I listen to it. I'm like, mm, I can't do that. I, didn't, I don't mean it that way, but y'all don't mean it doesn't matter. I need to remember. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Yo. And so um, I never forget when I began to change that. I was unconscious of what I was doing. I was at the Sunday location, and I was doing it. None of these preachers, and all of these preachers, and, and, and how come nobody is saying anything, and how come nobody is doing anything? And I'll never forget this. A young man walked up to me at the end of the service, and he said, sir, with all due respect, he said, have you met all of these preachers that you're talking about? How do you know what they're not doing? Are you watching them 24 hours, seven days a week? And I had a choice to make. If you want to know why leaders lose their anointing and usually have no impact by the time they get to the end of their days, it's over little stuff like that. I had a choice to make. Choice number one, I'm the pastor. You don't correct me. <laughs> That's door number one. <laughs> door number two is listen to what the man said. Was he right or was he wrong? He was 150 percent correct. So I thanked him for what he shared went home and repented and then asked the Lord to help me change in that particular area. It didn't change overnight because I was so accustomed to doing it. Some of you early on, I remember saying over the pulpit one time that if I didn't change it, I was going to give the entire audience a stop sign. And every time I did that, they would hold up a stop sign. I'm quite serious when it comes to change. Quite serious. How many know you can really change something if you want to? You might have to humble yourself. You might have to leave your little tired emotions vulnerable to people, but you can change when you really, really want to change. And see, because here, here, here's the problem. Uh, and I'm more careful now, but if I say something negative about another pastor or another Christian, whatever I say goes into you and then it influences how you think about other pastors. And so what will happen is over a period of time is, is that I'm fueling your hatred for other pastors all the time. I'm fueling your disdain for Christians. You know, I'm fueling that you watch this. You end up walking in thoughts and feelings and decisions because I was the one who planted the seed. And then I got to stand before God in regards to all of the decisions that you made in that area. See how dangerous this is. Well, the Bible says ministers stand in the greater judgment. So, you know, it is me being conscious of that and working on it. I'm getting better and better. I'm not there yet. But in order for us to go, we got to go. I got to be 100 percent, you know. And so now it's okay if you say something every once in a while, but, but to be always pointing the finger, you know, got, you know, like I, I don't know if I said that here at the Sunday location, you know, people who say I'm done with the church and the Holy Spirit says something. He said, it's amazing how Christians are done with something that we will never be done with. I never will forget. He said, I mean, like it was just recently, but you know, ain't like 30 years have passed by, but, but, but the Holy Spirit was expressing his disdain for people who said that they're done with something because you just ain't got nothing to do with us. Okay, it got to do with the other person. And most likely it also has to do with you. We quick to point to other people crazy and forget our craziness. Amen. We judge somebody else because they cuss and you cussed last week in a different way. You did it with fingers. <laughs> or worse with negative words. Negative words are worse than cursing. Most people don't know that. That's scriptural. Okay? We shouldn't be cussing either. When you speak any, watch this, anything that you say over yourself that God did not say over you is worse than cursing. Because it only falls in the category, two categories, life or death. There is no in between. I can't make it. That's how they're looking at you. Oh, you can't make it, huh? I don't know what I'm going to do. Really? That's what you said the last 30 times. 
something else the Holy Spirit told me. He said, don't live like Jesus. Live as though you are him. He said we are one. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I was going to put, I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse. But, you know, um, so I'm going to start working on something today. I don't know if I'll get to it by the end of the year or another, uh, next year. But the subject is actually going to be Jesus. And, you know, it's only as you climb and you don't get caught up in the rhetoric and the dumb stuff that the Holy Spirit can keep on just honing you and honing you. You know, we've been a part of some good churches, some bad churches, some terrible churches, some wonderful churches. Even the wonderful ones were off track. Okay. And, and we, we get caught up in things we shouldn't get caught up in. You know, but um, I'll save that for the end. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Devon, I'm not doing that Psalm 139. I'll probably be for this weekend. I put it on there because uh, I didn't know what I was going to preach. I had two messages floating around, so I sensed that this is the one. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. We're going to look at these from the Amplified. And I'm just, uh, I'm just giving you these three, four scriptures as a word tonight to don't be like other people. Okay? If you want to have stuff that other people don't have, you've got to do stuff that other people don't do. And, and there's, a, there's, a, there's one thing uh, somebody shared with me today, and they said that they said social media is going to be one of the greatest judgments against this generation. Okay? Don't mind the lights. It's not just effects. It just keeps shutting on and off. People are like, oh, they shut the lights on and off every once in a while. It just does that. So, how you know, you just... Take a licking and keep on ticking. You just keep on moving. If I hadn't said nothing, you'd be like, yeah. So, um, so I, I just want to leave a few words with you because it's really getting bad out here. It, it, it's really getting bad. And, um, and it's a lot, you know, it's, it's directed at the White House and it's directed at the church house. Ain't none of it directed at the unbelievers who are really doing all of the foolishness. It's directed at us. And I'm really grieved by leaders right now that are beyond ignorant. They're just ignorant. That's not a bad word. They just don't know. Caught up in the flesh. And this, there's this jockeying out here in position, competition amongst churches. You know, I put up a couple. I put up those three videos, y'all, and you would not believe what I got hit with. Good, bad, manipulative. You wouldn't believe it. So that's why I'm not going to tell you. And, and I was sharing with Marlon and Shaniqua earlier that um, the competition in churches is such where some of you have seen the video that we put up. You know, it has a fairly good amount of professionalism to it. You know, you know it's clear. You can hear the sound. Stage looks nice. You know, it's professional. And then it ends with that cool Marvel outro. It's really cool. Well, here's the problem is that if all of you are pastors, if your mind and heart is not in the right place, when you see that video, this is how you interpret it. Mm. You see how good that video is? You see all of those likes? You see all of those shares? Mm. If my people see this, they might go over there. That's how they interpret it. I'm telling you that's how they interpret it. And so as a result of that, they will then attack you. They have to bring you down a grade because, and it's worse when as a ministry, we share things that you just rarely hear, you know, as the norm. 
and we answer a lot of questions. We answer a lot of questions. We had a girl that joined this church, and this is the reason why she joined. She, was, she goes to what we considered a great word church, and she had questions, and she just didn't feel like she was growing at the place. It was a nice church, though, but she didn't feel like she was growing. So she asked one of our members a question. She said, have you ever thought about such, such, such? And she said, yeah, my church talks about that all the time. She's like, mm. So then a week later, she asked her friend again that goes here, hey, you know what? I was thinking about such, such. She said, oh, pastors often talk about that all the time. She's like, mm. So then she did it a third time. And, uh, and she called this girl again and said, hey, let me ask you, because the girl is hungry. So, you know, if, if a person starts feeding you answers, you go back to them. So the third time she went to the girl, you know what? I just got this question. This is bothering me. She said, Pastor Arthur was just talking about that last week. So the girl couldn't take it. So she went on the website. She said, let me get this from the horse's mouth. She said the first message, she almost got fired from running up and down the aisle. <laughs> and so she didn't join. And so um, it is not my fault that other men preach low. It's not. Every man is supposed to preach high. Jesus gave the same stuff to the disciples as he gave to the general masses. Okay, so, so that'll help you understand. There will be things that because I teach, see, when I, watch this. If I get on social media and put up a video, because that's the next one that's going up tomorrow, put up a video about casting out demons, then guess what? All of the churches that don't believe in that, they either got to say, okay, he knows something that we don't, or they got to attack me. Because they told the congregation that stuff ain't happening no more and in America. And the, see what I'm saying? So, and so if I get caught up in the drama of attacks, then it becomes worse. Most of the attacks against us would just simply be men and their insecurities. Most of us have attacked people or somebody said something about you and you just bucked up because all, you was, all it was is that you were insecure. Okay, so that's very, very unfortunate, but that's the price that we have to pay in order to pull people out, pull people up. Because there are a lot of grieving people right now that don't have answers, and their leadership will not give it to them because they don't know. All the men of God have told me I would never share that with my congregation because it would empower them. I fellowship with a church one time, and, and I told the people, told his congregation, I mean, I told his uh, people that I might be making a mistake on something. And, um, and he said, you told them that? And I said, yeah. He said, oh, I would never tell my people I made a mistake. How I many know that's really, really sad? You're not... Mistakes are built into the equation. We're supposed to be examples to the flock. If I can't sit up here and tell you I made a mistake on a regular basis, and then watch this, then I turn around and rebuke you for not admitting when you made one. And so what happens is when a leader won't admit his mistakes and his shortcomings and what he's working on, like I just shared with you about my mouth, when he won't share those things, guess what? It gives the congregation members and the next level of leadership this impression that you got to be perfect. So now when they make a mistake, they won't tell me, hey, I made a mistake. They lie and keep it hidden. Because you gave them an impression of what false ministry was. You understand what I'm saying? Whether it be ministry, whether it be business, there's two swords that Lord has me swinging right now. It's just you see me mentoring business and, and, and ministry. So it's a lot of things that we're going over into. So let's just read these couple of scriptures. Yes. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Do not, and this is the amplified version, do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged, criticized, and condemned yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, 
you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And in accordance with the measure you used to deal out to others, it will be dealt out again to you. Okay. Let me stop there for a second and explain what that means. So he said, you're judging people, you're talking about people, you're condemning people. He said, now remember, you, first of all, you shouldn't even be doing that because you don't even know all of the information. I'm amazed at how people, you give them a rope and they turn it into a whole cowboy ranch. All you got is a rope. But they talk like they got a cowboy ranch. You give them a tire, they act like they got a whole auto plant. You don't know all of the information. Then on top of that, you judge things and you criticize people when you are not there to see the entire process. You heard one statement. You heard what somebody, hey girl, I heard such, 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 got a divorce. Let me tell you what I do. I don't believe nothing until I interviewed the person myself or I know this for a fact. So it says when you do this, you do it wrong. Then on top of that, it says to the level of, I'm going to put it this way, to the level of love you criticize people will be the same level that we criticize you from heaven. So if you're very, very intolerant with people, heaven will be intolerant with you. If you're quick to criticize people, heaven will be quick to criticize you. If you are quick to judge people, heaven will be quick to judge you. If you have no mercy on people when they, don't, when they make a mistake, then heaven will have no mercy on you. You understand what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says, if you won't forgive, we won't forgive you. <laughs> it's very important. And so, so the, the understanding of this is, is that you, can you are creating the way that heaven responds to you by how you are responding to people. See, if you want more mercy, be a person of mercy. If you want more love, be a person of love. If you want the Lord to do many things for you, do many things for other people. Because they are responding to you based on what they see you do to other individuals. And so when you are quick to put people in hell, when you are quick to condemn, condemn people, and when they are quick, I'm going to say it again, to put this president in hell, then you bring conviction and cond condemnation upon your own house and your own ministry, including your business. I just don't, and, and I'm going to say this and, just, and I'm going to move on. Y'all, I don't understand the philosophy behind, I'm going to use myself as an example for everybody else. I don't understand the philosophy behind, the scripture says, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. I can't put a, wife, uh, a smile on my wife's face, but I know what's going on in the White House. I, I can't get out of debt. If I miss two paychecks, I go under, but I'm an expert on the financial situation going on in the United States government. I can't even quote 10 scriptures without really thinking about it, but now we are experts on Russia. Y'all see this? It's, it's beyond hypocritical. It is very, very foolish. It's blind men leading other blind people to talk about things that they know nothing about. And I'm so tired of pastors especially doing that because if I bring 10 people in our house and we try to get them cured of cancer, nothing will happen. But we experts about somebody else's job. Verse 3. So, remember that. God is dealing, you know, let me say something. I know some people are not going to like this. Not in all cases. Sometimes God is not talking to Christians because of how they treat other people. I mean, I said, when you are unwilling to hear the truth about somebody, well, then God ain't trying to hear you. And that's just keeping it real. I mean, Jesus, y'all, Jesus, Jesus was cutthroat. I mean, 
Y'all remember what he told the disciples? I'll repeat this all the time. He said, they said, hey, man, why are you talking to them like that? He said, oh, it's easy. He said, they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to see the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. He said, so I'm just respecting their wishes. That's a divine law. I'm going to give them what they want. They don't want to see it, so I'll make sure that they won't. You would think Jesus would say, well, they don't want to hear the truth, so I'm going to use more examples so that they can get the truth. That is not how heaven operates. Heaven is cutthroat. You don't want to hear the truth? Well, then guess what? We will formulate all of your circumstances, including your dreams, to make sure you get what you want. Because we are gentlemen in heaven, and we will always respect your wishes. You don't want to hear it? Therefore, we won't give it to you. That's why you will never get the truth until you absolutely want it. Scripture says, if you seek after God with your whole heart, then you will hear from heaven. Verse 3. Why do you stare from without at the very small particle that is in your brother's eye, but do not become aware of and consider the beam of timber that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me get the tiny particle out of your eye when there is a beam of timber in your own eye? You hypocrite. There you go. See, they called us out of our name, didn't they? First, get the beam of timber out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. Let me say it to this way. The very thing that you can't change, when you change it, you won't talk about other people who haven't changed because of how hard it was for you to change. Y'all got me? Okay? And so that's, that's, very, that's very, 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 very sad. I listened to, see, one of the things that the Bible, you, one of the things that God absolutely hates is gossip. Gossip is always the spirit of Satan. Always remember that. And an and accusation is always the spirit of Satan because the Bible says that Satan accuses us before God day and night. So when you keep accusing people of things as uh, doing this and, and doing that and doing this and, and doing that and doing this and doing that, especially when you don't know the information, you know the truth, you find yourself in league with the enemy. Your voice sounds like him. So heaven does not respond to you because they think it's Lucifer. I'm just trying to help you with judgment because you see this. Everybody just judging one another. Everybody's judging something and nobody knows any. Never mind. All right. John 7, 24. Be honest in your judgment and do not decide at a glance superficially and by appearances, but judge fairly and righteously. How can you do that if you don't know the entire truth? When you watch things on TV and social, social media, that was a glance. When you heard about, when you heard some pastor say something, let me they say something. Would you agree that everyone in here, maybe in the last month, has said something that you shouldn't have said? It may not have been a cuss word. It might have been a bad confession. You might have got sharp or tart with your wife or your spouse or your husband. You know, your kids, you know how we, you know, your kids mess up and you threaten them, you know, all type of stuff. You know, I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. You say all of them type of things. You know, you said something at somebody that cut you off in traffic and that's good for me. Somebody driving too slow and, and, and I'm like, oh, Miss Daisy is in front of me again. You know, a couple of times I was getting ready to kind of honk at somebody. And I realized they were on their way to church. They had a Jesus bumper sticker. So I'm, y'all know what, <laughs> y'all get my point. Okay. So, but that's how it is when, when you, when you see something on TV or you heard a preacher say something or, okay, I'll just, let's take it. Benny Hinn. That's just an example. You see Benny Hinn say something one time 
and, and then everybody jumps on his case. Maybe what he did say was wrong. Maybe what he did say was off. But how can you judge that one statement compared to his whole life when you're not there? God is so merciful towards you and you talking wrong every single day. Some of us won't even let other people talk. We talk so much. We talking wrong, doing wrong, okay? Don't have our life together, ain't treating our spouses right. I know I use the word ain't, but you know, we're not, <laughs> you, I'm trying to, now I'm on TV, I gotta start talking well. You know, we're not using our, uh, not using, not treating our spouses right, mishandling our money, you know, took God's tithe and went and bought a new purse. I, I, I'm just, all of these type of things that we do, and God's still blessing us, and he's still uplifting us, and he's still giving you experiences for you to cry in the services, and he's still good. How many know you've been in situations where you didn't know how this was going to work out, and you thought God had left you because you're thinking, I've been disobedient in the first place for the last six months, and he still came through in spite of your foolishness. Then we turn right around and look at somebody on television and a, pre a preacher or in the White House, and they do make something or say something stupid, and we put him in hell because of it. And the scripture says, you're setting up your own judgment. So I'm, I'm learning to just say, unfortunately, because I'm a leader, the Holy Spirit forces me to say stuff sometimes that I don't want to say. When I preached the thing on Trump last week, I don't want to preach that. You know, I always. <laughs> Proverbs 18, 13. He who answers a matter before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him. Now, this would include cutting people off before they're done with their sentences. Now, some of us, uh, sometimes ladies typically talk faster than men. They think faster than men. So that's ladies something that you have to be careful of because men don't like to be cut off. And, and men, men think in, women think in spaghetti, men think in pockets. So we like to come to an end of a sentence. And, and, but when we started the first word, y'all have tried to finish the sentence for us. And, and, and this is something important for you to remember. When a man is talking, his mind is on the next topic while his mouth is giving you the current sentence. So if you interrupt him before the sentence, you mess them all up. Okay, and so she said, teach us, teach us. All you got to do is just be quiet. That's all you got to do. We know special revelation about just be quiet. Eh? That's what I understand. That. And my wife still does that to me. And so uh, because women do think faster. Women think faster for a reason and men think slower for a reason. Okay. The leaders always have to think slower. Okay. And because, and, you know, T.D. Jakes, I was, somebody sent me a video about T.D. Jakes. It was excellent. And it was, T.D. Jakes was talking about how when women have a problem, they vocalize it. When men have a problem, they internalize it. So when a man has a problem, he's he thinking about this, and you think he doesn't care. Because you've been running your mouth about it for the last three days, and he ain't said nothing yet. And then you forget about it, and he said, you know what, I was thinking about what you said last week. I'm like, what are you talking about? Men analyze. They think. You're thinking about all of the emotionalism of here and now. He's thinking about how is this going to affect the future? What decision do I need to make? He thinking about one, two, three, four, five, six. You thinking about one. I don't know how I got on that. Okay. Oh, there it is. There's the scripture. It brought me back. He who answers a matter before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him. And, you know, it's, it's in every example, whether it be, whether it be uh, preachers, 
you know, whether it be this White House situation. I, I have to be honest with you. I have, um, I, uh, I don't mean this arrogantly, so don't take it this way. I don't, when it comes to this stuff, I don't hang with just preachers. You know what I'm saying? Preachers are a dominant. The folk I roll with, they raise the dead. They get people here the AIDS. They, they do 40-day fast. And them the folk that I, and it's amazing what they say versus the preachers who ain't doing that got a completely different interpretation of things. It's funny to see that dynamic. You know, the ones that stay in the flesh, you know, and, you know, you, you got this thing out here right now, everybody chasing conferences and, and all that type of stuff because everybody is looking for that one person to give them a word. And I don't hang around with them folks. I hang around with folks that they don't need a conference. I hang around with folks, they don't need no special speaker. That's the one thing my wife and I talk about. Y'all, we having a hard time finding special speakers to come. What they gonna do, teach less? Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, I'm just, look, by the time you put me, Lisa, Devon, Garnett, Francia, Lorana, all of them up here, what is somebody gonna come and tell us? Y'all know what I'm saying? Hard I gotta bring people from overseas. Oh, you the boy be here, oh, trust me. I already know, okay. So, you know, let's read the scripture again to keep on point. He who answers a matter before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him. Now, listen to what it says. It said that if you keep answering stuff, you keep judging stuff, and all you do is hear what the media told you, and you weren't there to find out what happened the other 23 hours. You weren't here to hear the rest of the speech. All you listen to is what the media told you, and you make judgment against that, it'll produce folly in your life, and it'll bring you shame. And I'll have people who will listen to this, and guess what? They will not care. There was a person last week. I don't care about none of that. Wonderful. My stuff is working. Your stuff is working too. All of our stuff is. Y'all supposed to raise your hand on that. You're supposed to do some twirls and jump over the chair or something. Proverbs 18:13. Did I just read that? Yeah. Proverbs 18:17. He who states his case first seems right until his rival comes and cross-examines him. Can I do it carnally for a second? The first preacher sounded like he knew what he was talking about until Otha said something. I just gave a carnal example. Maybe that was too carnal, y'all. That might have been way over the top. In other words, uh, what was I listening to? I, I was listening to something, and it was a man talking about another man. By the time that man got done with that man, I believed everything that man said. Until the other person spoke. When the other person spoke, I then realized that everything that I thought was true was 150% a lie. Why I say 150% is beyond me, but y'all get my point. I knew it was a lie. And so when, when, when you only hear one thing someone tells you, again, Oh, man, I'm, I'm trying my best, but the Holy Spirit keeps drawing me back to that because apparently he wants me to dwell on that. What you heard about Trump was the media. But, but if you actually went there and could interview and see every single thing that happened behind the scenes for the other 23 hours and 59 minutes, maybe it might change your interpretation. And it's very, very judgmental because I know I'm a leader. So unfortunately, you know, you can help people. It's a lot of weird stuff going on. Just, it's just a lot of weird stuff going on. There's certain things my wife and I can't even put a finger on. We know it's the devil, but I can't put a finger on it. But it says you can help people as much as you want. 
And it don't matter. People still, you, look, you can help somebody for 10 years. And the moment you do something they don't like, man, they'll stab you in the back and treat you like Satan. That's why with me, I don't do this for people. The, the reason why I treat people so well is because I do this for the Lord. But for people, you know, and, and that's how it is. I mean, it's, and, and it's not, you know, it's not the majority of people that do that. Y'all understand. So don't be like the, the disciple in the scripture. Is it me? Is it, is it me? Is it, is it me? <laughs> if you got a proud problem, it might be. It's the ones that got a proud problem and don't want to hear nothing. They had to turn on you first. And so um, because they, not everybody is always hanging around for the right reasons. You'd be surprised. Some people are hanging around because they got their eyes set on somebody. Some people just lonely. <laughs> Some people just like the music. You don't ever join the church. You join the church for one reason. The Lord sent you there and the word, nothing else. I don't care if, I don't care if you white and it's all black. You black, it's black and you, y'all get my point. I was about to mess that all up. You know what I'm saying. Okay, you don't join the church for race, for music, or anything. all those things are nice. Look, I don't care. The music can be whack. Okay, it can be a group of aborigines. But if that word is tight, I, I join places because of the word. 1 Corinthians 4 or 5. So do not make any hasty or premature judgments before the time when the Lord comes again. <laughs> For he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purposes of the hearts. Then every man will receive his due commendation from God. Okay? So it says don't judge anything before the time. I won't mention the person, just in case. Because I didn't get permission to share the testimony, but I'm sure that she's fine with it. I have a member of my church. <clears throat> Let me show you how I'm going to give you a, when I, um, I dropped a ball on a couple of things, and you don't realize you dropped the ball until you just keep, the Lord didn't tell me I dropped the ball. I just knew I dropped the ball because of the future. And this is one. Um, it's a lady that joined our church. And, and so when she came here, she was also going to a particular Bible school with a that was headed by a female prophet. You know, I'm not against prophets because I have one. So this is not a stab at prophets. Y'all know that. Y'all know Lisa and others can act a fool. Okay. So. So um, but but this this woman that was ahead of this school, uh, she was very, very abusive. She's very, very spiritually abusive. You know, I mean, just just very, very abusive. And so when the member of my church showed me a picture of this lady standing next to her husband, I said, leave that raggedy woman alone. Because uh, I, I, remember, still picture carries the atmosphere of the live environment. When I saw the picture, I saw the spirit of Jezebel on the woman in the, in the still picture. I said, get out of that crap and leave that foolishness alone. And this lady is very, very, she acts like a man almost over, you know, how men can try to overpower you with that, but try to do that in the spirit. And so, um, and so, so I had this lady write a letter. I said, write a letter and said, I'm going, no longer going to be a part of your uh, Bible school and, and, and such, 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 such. And I said, and then to put on there, my pastor has instructed me to leave your Bible school alone. And I said, and then put my name and the name of my church, then put Bishop Oyedipo's name and the name of his church. When you do that, you ain't going to hear from that woman again. How many of you know she hasn't heard from that woman again? Okay. And so, so, uh, um, so, but let me tell you how I missed it. When that person first joined this church, they used a title to announce themselves. And so I'm not into titles like that. Titles bring entitlement. 
Okay, you can call Jesus by his first name, but you can't call me by mine. That's stupid, okay? And so that's more of a, there's some things that are cultural. You see that more in Mexican, African-American circles. It's like that in some white circles too, but y'all get my point. It's title. Whether it's a title or not, that's irrelevant. Some people call me author, some people call me pastor, whatever. I'm going to answer to both. Just don't call me out my name. I might answer to that too, though. I had a unique name, so I've been called a lot of stuff. So, um, but, she, but she joined the church, hey, I'm such and such. You know how somebody say, I'm prophet such and such, or I'm apostle such and such. And so, and so in my mind, when the person introduced myself that way, introduced me to them, introduced themselves to me that way, in my mind, I rolled my eyes. Oh, Lord, here comes somebody else trying to join my church with a title. Hey. And so, you know, but, you know, I have, how many of you have crazy thoughts in your mind? You know, boom. But, but because typically people like that, matter of fact, my wife went over, yeah, my wife, my wife went somewhere with somebody and a lady introduced her friend to her and, and she said, oh, she called her by first name and she's like, no prophet, such, such. You know, I was like, oh, okay, all right then, there it is. Okay. So, so typically, when people do that to me, you know, I'm just like, whatever, you ain't got no power. You ain't just prophet, apostle, bishop, deacon, reverend, and, and you ain't even got a church. Dude, what are you talking about? Okay. So, so that's what I did in my mind. But I noticed that, that this person didn't act the way people like that normally act. But it was always in the back of my mind, why is she still, why is she doing that? The person finally let me know a couple of weeks ago. She said she was just being grateful for what we teach. She says, you took me all the way back to the bottom and rebuilt me. She said, when I was a part of that woman's Bible school, she said, the woman forced us to use titles. And you are a punk if you didn't. She was programming them. You are nothing without your title. You must dress like you are better than people. You must, you see what people are being taught? You must care. People that teach that, they don't like me. They don't like me at all. Because when they, they see me in the gym shoes, I just seen the look on their face. He ain't going to say nothing. I open my mouth. They're like, uh-oh. Our preacher accused me of being too, whatever, intense. All I did was tell people about an event. And he <laughs> just, but that's authority. I mean, they, it's within. Not it's from not without. Okay. So she did all of this. And, and, and basically, was, you know, you ain't nothing without title. You got to project your title on people because people are less than you. She's telling all of this so much so that if this lady would call, she told me she, I would call the head prophet. And if I just said, hey, prophet such, 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 this is, and say her first name, the prophet would say, who? Who is this? I don't recognize folk without their title. That's usually being taught. I'm teaching you how not to judge. See, so when she then comes and finds her way to this church and she introduces herself as such, 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 I, in my mind, I roll my eyes, but she really believed that's what you were supposed to do. See how we can judge people the wrong way? Don't know what they've been through. Don't know what they've been taught. Don't know where they came from, but our judgments about people and not thinking the best and not waiting to watch their character like Martin Luther King said. So when she said that, I was like, mm, there you go another one teaching me not to judge anything that people say and do. Y'all see what I'm saying? Okay. So, so that's an example of that right now, I, it's, I, you know, there, I, you, you can't, I mean, there are times when I want to cry. I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm like, Lord, am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I crying? And, and it's the Holy Spirit. You know, he said, no, you're just feeling what I'm feeling. The frustration of my sons not walking in love. Experts on everything except for what I told them to do. I just, it, it math, whatever the term is, mathematically, it doesn't make sense from a common sense point of view that what you're supposed to do, you can't do. But you're an expert about what other folk are doing, and you don't even know what they're doing. That, does, that makes no logical sense whatsoever. Okay? So, Philippians 3.10. That's the last scripture. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed as to his death. The Lord wants, those are the only three important things in his life, folk. It's those three things. Your life is supposed to be consumed with knowing Jesus and knowing his power. Now watch this. You can know Jesus without knowing his power, and you can be acquainted with his power without knowing the Lord. But if you walk in both, you experience his suffering. His suffering was not poverty, sickness, and disease. His suffering was the persecution that came from the mouths of other folk who had a problem with what he was doing. Because if Jesus said, you got to share in my suffering, of course he's not asking you to die on the cross. He did that once and for all for everyone. So you got to then say, okay, I got a fellowship in your sufferings. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, let me see. This is how you do Bible studies. Uh, was Jesus ever sick? No. Nope. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Was Jesus ever broke? No. Nope. <laughs> did he ever lack wisdom? No. Nope. Well, what did he deal with? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Always, the folk that were supposed to be on his level attacked him all the time. Constantly judged him. Only reason he can cast out demons is because he's demon-possessed himself. And the sad part, y'all, we forget. These men, it's something about leaders. They are intimidated by other powerful leaders. What made it worse for Jesus is this was a 30-year-old single man. You're not talking about a 60-year-old man who had been married. So that's why they called him a boy in the scripture. I can't remember which gospel it was. They said, ain't this Mary's boy? They saw him as a boy because in ministry, in most circles still today, it's kind of changing now. But up until about 10 years ago, 20 years ago, um, uh, that you had no respect for people if you weren't in your 40s and 50s in ministry. Somebody like Mama Shanika, oh, please, man, you can't even lead me to Jesus. Brother, sit your behind down. You know, that's, that's how they thought. That's how they thought. But Jesus was rocking them at 12 in the temple. Okay? That's deep. Jesus could out-talk them at 12, but wasn't ready for ministry until 30. So when it comes to ministry and business, no matter how gifted you are, you still got to wait for certain reasons. It's not the gift. It's always the character that destroys you. You got to know what it feels like for people to attack you. You got to know what it feels like to walk in love. You got to know what it feels like to be yourself. Because whenever, unfortunately, where God wants to take everyone, we could all be at the top. Because most people are not going there where he's taking you, you're going to be alone. <clears throat> so I already know that this ministry has taken a turn. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, you're going to leave him. Same thing he told you. The Lord told him in a vision. He said, you leaving everybody. I'm taking you a different way. Okay. So, so that is the goal, is to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Um, many churches, denominations, they don't believe in the power. The ones that believe in the power don't know the Lord. 
I would put myself in that equation. I remember I told you that the Lord appeared to me a few months ago and said, only now will you begin to know me. Um, as one of the things about Jesus when we do this series is that he constantly appears to you in a different form, including an animal. Okay, that's scriptural. Okay, if you go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says that after Jesus got up from the dead before he went to heaven, it says he kept on appearing to men in a different form. That's why Mary thought he was the gardener. She did look dead in his face. It literally says that. It says Jesus kept appearing in different forms to people. Okay, so, you know, people talk, so we don't know. You know people say, well, is he black? Is he white? Is he Chinese? Is he Mexican? Is he, he's all that. He's not any of it because he keeps appearing in a different form. And so sometimes he's appeared to you as a man and you didn't know it was Jesus. You might have sensed it was him, but you didn't know it was him. Sometimes you will know. Okay, but then when he appeared to me this way, it was more in a manly form, darker features, um, uh, darker as in like Arabic dark. Um, every, every, his, 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 um, his, his, um, um, it's kind of like their pants. It was a two-tone brown with his robe. It was really nice, but it was like, it was, it was brown, which I think represented his earth of mystery. I don't know. And he didn't say a word. He was just smiling. But, but he was speaking to me thought to thought. In heaven, they think thought to thought. And he said, only now will you begin to know me. And so the Holy Spirit brought something to my attention. He said, hardly anybody knows Jesus. You know about him. We use his name. We sing about him. Use his name flippantly sometimes. Jesus Christ. That's a cuss word in the sinner world now. Okay? And so, but you don't really know him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean just think about that for a second. I mean, I mean men, ladies, and gentlemen, hey, uh, I mean, think about somebody that you enter into a relationship with for the rest of your life. Wouldn't you want to know everything about them and not just hearsay? And so, unfortunately, what we know about Jesus is what preachers said. And most of them didn't know him. Because you can use his name without knowing him. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, okay, what is his personality like? Who is he really? You know, what does he like? What does he dislike? What type of songs does he sing? What's his favorite animal? What's his favorite? This is all in scripture, by the way. And so, so and, and, and the entire Bible, every, the Bible makes this very clear in several different places. Everything is centered around Jesus. Everything. Every building, every car, technology, the birds, the flowers, the sea, the ocean, everything in it, the music, it all is an extension. It is a different version of him, okay? Pure music from heaven is a musical form of Jesus, okay? Flowers is a nature form. It's everything. The Bible says everything was created for him, by him, and it speaks of him. And so one of the ways that you have to understand Jesus Christ is we have to then dive into nature. Why does the scripture say he is a lion and a lamb? Okay, so, you know, that that's going to keep us focused because you get a reward for the development of the relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and watch this. When you get to know him, the more you get to know him, the more you will become grieved with other Christians. Because you will begin to realize hardly anybody is like him, especially when it comes to judgment. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I won't even judge you. He said, this book will. <laughs> That's crazy. He said, I, remember what you said? He said, I ain't come to judge. He said, truth be told, I didn't come to bring peace neither. 
He said, I, I want you to listen. See, when you do it the Jesus way, it's not all peaceful. Jesus said, I ain't coming. I mean, it's amazing what, what Jesus said. We're going to walk through what he said. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. Who keeps saying that? I didn't come to preach. He said, I came to bring a sword. And he said, as a result of me, father will be against son. Mother will be against daughter. And he said, a man's enemies will be those who live in his own address because of me. <laughs> because of me, one will be taken and the other will be left. Because of me, watch this. Because of me, families will be torn apart. Because of me. Ministries will be torn apart because of me. Things will be split wide open because everybody ain't ready to follow me. And if you don't reject your own parents, he said you ain't ready. So, so we have to walk through what we call, what I will call the temperament of Jesus Christ. What makes him sad, what makes him angry, and what makes him glad? How many want to be on the right side of the one that's going, man, what does he do? What is he doing this part time? Why? Does he appear to men at different times and different seasons? Why does he visit planet Earth? Watch this. Why doesn't he make himself plainly known? Why does he visit people in secret? What is that about? See, so it's, it's us getting to know him. And then when you truly begin to know him, you'll begin to know yourself. Because the Bible says in 1 John 4, 17, as he is in heaven, so are we in this earth. So the key to knowing your temperament and what you're supposed to do and what you have the ability to do is all found and wrapped up in knowing him. Okay, so let's go ahead and stand. Hallelujah. So I'm going to encourage you that as you see other people getting up, respond. And sometimes it's new, you know, with... Uh, with prophetic worship is different than prophecy. It's same, but it's different. When Lisa, others, Garnett, Francia, my wife, myself, Lori are divided prophesying over people, that's the Lord speaking through us a word of deliverance. When it, comes, when it comes through song, you're supposed to try to chime in with it. Now, sometimes you can just lift your hands and there's no problem for you to be ministered to. But, but when I hear what the Holy Spirit is singing through someone, I start trying to sing it too. Because I know the Holy Spirit is in me and I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's mysterious. You're singing to yourself, but you know it's the Holy Spirit singing this to you, but you want to sing it. You know, I let it slide today because it's new. But when, but when you hear him or others, if the Holy Spirit says, come to the altar and worship me, guess what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to come to the altar and worship. There was a part of that prophetic song where, where it said, uh, lift up your voice. You know, say, you're supposed to shout. You know, it's okay to shout. You know, holler, scream, do cartwheels, all that type of stuff. We had my previous church, we had a guy, he would roll on the floor from one end of the wall to the others. It was hard for us to worship because we would just be laughing at him going back and forth. He, was, he would be shouting, doing all type of crazy. Let me tell you what happened one time. It was so terrible. We were all in the flesh. I hope Jesus was laughing too. He was on there shouting and bucking and everything and caught a cramp in his leg. Oh, uh, <laughs> he was doing that. Oh, that was hilarious. Okay, so, but just respond to that because the more we press into it, the more, you know, it'll just, it'll just be an iron shop. So we're kind of moving back over into the incense services. Kind of, I feel like Wednesday nights is going to be more of a dimension of what I saw before I started, which was we would never have anything planned. The worshipers wouldn't have anything planned. Someone would come up and start singing to other worshipers. We then just begin to come up, fill in the background for that. 
and nothing would be planned. All of us would be sitting here, and if Garnett had something that he needed to preach, and the Lord would drop on that night, he would drop on who he wanted to preach. See what I'm saying? That's true unity, y'all. You, you talking about miracles and, and, and real impartation? Is when everybody says, we are all nothing without Jesus Christ, therefore we will all wait. And whoever you say is supposed to speak, that's who's going to speak. So we're in for a wonderful time, but we're going to focus on, y'all, soul saved, people being healed, delivered, and set free. Because we're going to push into, we have inner healing deliverance, but we're going to really, really push into high-level miracles. I'm talking about limbs growing up. We're going to push into that. There's a way to press and push into that. So we're going to just keep our eyes focused on what the Lord wants us to do. Let everybody else argue themselves right in the hell. I'm not going to be bothered with all of that. So let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you glory. Glory and honor and praise. We thank you, Lord. We bless and honor your holy and majestic name. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing us from a mighty long way. Thank you, Lord God, for taking us a mighty long way. We thank you, O Lord God, that as a result of the things that you are restoring on the inside of us, we thank you, Lord God, that all fear will leave. Thank you, Lord God, for creating the biggest, largest, and most powerful family that the world has ever seen. And as you bring us up higher, we must carry ourselves lower, for we know that it is not us. We simply opened our heart to respond to what you already had. So it will never be about us. So we ask that you keep our attention focused on you. We ask that you would remind us when we're getting off track. You remind us when we're getting in pride. We remind us when we're getting in fear. Definitely remind us when we're getting in the flesh. We know the Holy Spirit is our comforter, our helper, and our teacher. He is the one who teaches us to profit, leads us and guides us in the way that you would have us to go. So we thank you, O Lord God. We bless and honor you. Thank you, Lord God, for this Bible study on tonight, the things that we heard. May it be deposited on the inside of their heart. May it grow up into a great tree, O Lord God, that will control their emotions. For you said the love of God controls us. So I thank you that your love will control us, make us better and better each and every day, better and better each and every week, better and better each and every month, better and better each and every year until we walk into the fullness of the glory. So I thank you, Lord God, for every person that has come out on tonight. Thank you that as a result of what we have experienced, again, we will have a phenomenal rest of the week. We declare, oh Father God, that no one will get any car accidents, no flat tires, no engine failure. Anyone who may be giving on tonight, we thank you that their seed is blessed. We thank you that the needs of this ministry are met supernaturally, as well as every household. We bless and honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for all that you are doing. We bless and honor you for this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All in agreement with that said. Amen, amen.